up think to love to hate hate to love we're your hosts shelby and matt welcome back to the podcast shelby thank you thank you so much it was really important that i i bring my voice to this to this episode in particular so i'm glad to be yes honestly yeah I got a weird, like, frantic text, I don't know, what, like, half, (laughs) end of December that was like, I have thoughts about Wonder Woman, so I'm coming back (laughs) on a podcast. And I was like, do you want to come on it, like, normally? Do you want to be a guest? Like, what is this? You're like, I just want to talk about it, and then maybe I'll come back. Maybe I won't. It depends on all of these other things. So who knows what Shelby's I'm just waiting for the emails that are like, where's Shelby? When is she coming back? Like, what's happening? happening with Shelby we haven't gotten a lot of those <laughs> honestly we've gotten a bunch that are like wow the po- I, the podcast is so great right now I it's- don't know I'll check the email and verify if that's true I, I doubt we got emails period but you know maybe maybe there were some Swifties who popped in to tell you how you're rubbing off on me in all the wrong ways and ruining my <laughs> truly (laughs) i saw the instagram post where people were like i can't believe that neither of you like this album and i was like look i liked it more than i thought i was going to i had the lowest of expectations but the you two just really dragged it through the mud well i wouldn't say we dragged it through the mud and i will also say that it's grown on me in a way like lover i thought i loved but having listened to it later i was like no this isn't like my favorite taylor album whereas evermore oh, so now there's multiple albums you don't no, like by taylor whereas Swift. Wow. Evermore, it's grown on me more after listening to it so i guess i would put it in middle of the pack more than bottom but yeah i still hmm. believe there's there's highs highs on that album but there's also very low lows so that's I literally my, forgot every Taylor song update. on that album yeah. except for Marjorie. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we're here for like a short kind of weird episode this week where we're just talking mm-hmm. about the new Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel to Just Wonder Woman, which came out in 2017. Uh, yes, which I loved. You refused to watch because, as we all know, Matt hates women and uh, it's something well, I've been yes. working working Mm -hmm. to change in him and i mean wonder woman the first one was on like my all over the place on my decade roundup like i really do love the first wonder woman so much i was so excited for this trait for this movie it was on like my most anticipated list back when we thought 2020 was going to be normal and um i was all on board with the 80s jump i was excited for to see how they worked chris pine back into everything I was, I'm like a Wonder Girl, Wonder Woman stan. Like, I, we had considered naming our child Diana because of our love for oh. Wonder Woman. Like, that's. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm glad that runs. that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was a close call right yeah, there. We thought it was like, okay, we can't one because Princess Diana is still what everyone thinks of. And I'm not going to be like naming app, naming my child after the crown. And so we paused on that. And then also, it's hard to name name a child after someone that's still like in the zeitgeist because you don't know how it's gonna go so yeah we 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 paused on it and it probably worked out for the best i mean just look at what happened to me naming my child (laughs) jk rolling huff and now it's just a disaster um no i mean despite my initial just not wanting to watch Wonder Woman because, like, <laughs> ew, women superheroes. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Um, no, I did watch it before I watched the new one because I was yes. like, you know, got to do my due diligence. And I really liked it. The first one's... Thank you. Like, Wonder Woman lives on this secret planet that's, like, full of female warriors. <laughs> yes, she, dreams. She, like... I can't remember exactly how about it. But she she escapes the planet or like gets <laughs> lose gets lost it's in the planet. She has to go fight. She has to go land. fight. It's not a different planet. Let's just keep the interstellar. Like, oh, island, island. Yeah, sorry, yeah, island, yeah. not planet. It exists on this um, world. Yeah. Yes, that in is true. Era, yeah. But she, so she goes and fights World War One with Chris Pine, mm-hmm. and there's sort of like like there is a big bad guy, but a lot of it is just like her fighting soldiers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was really, really well done and yes. very fun. And oh in the scope of superhero movies, which everyone knows I hate, <laughs> was you know very tolerable. It was more than tolerable. It was revisitable, don't you think? Wouldn't you rewatch I mean, it? Was it as good as my favorite DC movie, Suicide Squad? <laughs> uh, I don't oh know. Oh my gosh, yeah. But, yes, I would say it was a good movie. So I was excited for Wonder Wo- Wonder Woman 1984. And I am was down here in Florida. My family was all down here. 
everyone was you know usually we go and see movies a lot in theaters Mm -hmm. couldn't do that this year so my uncle was like we're buying hbo max we're all gonna (laughs) watch wonder woman 1984 on christmas which we did and yeah (laughs) it was an experience of just like watching the life slowly drain out of a room full of people's <laughs> faces. And it got to a certain point yeah. where we were like, this has to be almost over. Certainly. Like we've been sitting here forever and we hit and we were like, someone no. hit that button, you know, that shows you the bar <laughs> on the bottom of the screen. We were not even halfway done with the movie. Okay, so drama, it, drama. I'm telling you, it was a long movie, like two and a half hours. And it was a slog to get through. And it was there was nothing that I enjoyed more than just watching the Rotten Tomatoes score slowly <laughs> drop down over the next week as just yeah. a bunch of pans came in from the critics. <laughs> well, that's what was most surprising, I think, is like early reviews seemed very positive. And I was like, yes, I'm so glad. Like, this is so exciting because you're always worried with the sequel. And there were questions about how could they pull off the Chris return and all this stuff. But everyone seemed like into it until the release date and then and then the tone changed and and for good reason, I definitely was one of those people who because I similarly had my family in town, um, not visiting me, but visiting my <laughs> firstborn. And we decided to watch it and it was like nice to have a big crowd to watch a movie, so it felt almost cinematic. And yeah, I could feel their eyes on me mostly because again, my my stan stanhood for Wonder Woman and and it was just like it was sad more than anything to just feel like disappointed by it cuz none of it really I mean some of it works for me, but overall the storyboard of it was just like what were they thinking? And it was so disappointing because Wonder Woman like you mentioned, the first one was so well mapped out, thought out like planned and it was a very insulated story even with it's like big you know it's like she's stopping world war one or whatever but it all felt like very small scale and reachable as an audience member whereas this was just like all over the place and i still frankly could not tell you what like the villain who the villain was and like who the motive like what his motivation was and like what was happening and like why it was happening and how it was happening it was all just very muddled which is disappointing okay so let's break down the plot i guess of this or (laughs) catch the listeners up yeah okay so (laughs) we start with a very extended flashback sequence to princess diana as a daughter doing uh doing a long obstacle course that involves riding horses and shooting arrows and swimming and all kinds of stuff, which was sort of fun. Uh, Did it have anything to do with the rest of the movie? (laughs) No, but it was there. So that was the first sequence. Then we jump forward to 1984. Every Wonder Woman has wandered into the Stranger Things set and... It is just all like malls and bright colors. She's working the Smithsonian. It's great. I love this part of the movie. I love the vibe. You can tell that this movie was expensive to make. Everything looks good. (laughs) And Wonder Woman's working at the Smithsonian. Kristen Wiig, who is going to be one of our sort of like villains-ish, also is working at the Smithsonian. And in comes this magical, weird-looking rock that they are tasked with figuring out what it is. And lo and behold, it's a rock where if you hold it and wish for something, the wish comes true. Mm. But there's a catch because somehow or another, the wish will turn out bad. <laughs> so Wonder Woman well, wishes cost that... you what you care yes, most about. That's yeah, the, yes. That's the catch. So Wonder Woman wishes her uh, long dead boyfriend, Chris Pine, back. And As so he like... <laughs> yeah. So he like inhabits the body of another guy. We can get into that. I have some thoughts on that <laughs> later. Uh uh, Cheetah Lady wishes that, uh, or Kristen Wiig wishes that she would be like popular and cool. Well, she wishes to be like Wonder Woman. That's important. Yes. Okay. And so then Pedro Pascal, who is like a Ponzi scheme, sort of like oil tycoon or something, whose <laughs> business is fading, somehow catches wind of this rock, breaks in at a gala to steal the rock because he wants wishes. And so you're thinking like, oh, he's going to wish for something cool. No, he wishes to become the rock. So then if somebody else touches him, 
and makes a wish, then that wish comes true. So the rest of the movie is him sort of like wandering around, going to different places, getting people to touch him and wish for things that cause mass chaos. Three days? Like, did we count the nights featured in this movie? Three days and many hours of watching. (laughs) It was very long. Wonder Woman and... Kristen Wiig are sort of like trying to track him down. Kristen Wiig, for some reason or another, decides that she's going to turn evil like partway through the movie with very little motivation Mm -hmm. for that. Eventually wishes a second wish, which I didn't even know you could do, to turn into a cheetah woman who sort of looks like she wandered off. He gave her special permission to make a second wish. Okay. So they they address that in the... In the airplane that he says that he says, I'll make an exception. I'm feeling generous. I don't she know how says, it works, but, but I'm just saying they tried to, I want to look like Judy Dench from the movie cats. That's my <laughs> second wish. And so then wonder woman chases down the pair of cheetah lady and, uh, Pedro Mr. Pascal Lord. to some, yeah, yes, Maxwell Lord to some <laughs> kind of like I can't even remember like a missile launch site or something, no. and they all have like a big skirmish. It's, a, and it's w- important, Matt. It's a it's a secret um, like uh, broadcasting studio. So somehow the U.S. has made it. Oh so yes, in, yes. Interfere with any TV. That's in right. any Of the world, and so he is able to broadcast worldwide. Because then Wonder Woman is like, oh, all of these wishes are bad. We all have to renounce our wishes. So she (laughs) renounces her wish and Chris Pine is dead again. And then uh, I can't remember. Does the cheetah lady recant her wish or does she just kill her? She does because spoiler alert, she is not a cheetah by the end of it. Okay. And then Pedro Pascal recants his wish and then Wonder Woman goes on TV and gets every single other person to recant their wish and everybody lives happily ever after. Um, Yeah, but it's long and there's a lot of like weird twists and turns and the fact that Pedro Pascal becomes The Rock just is a weird choice and doesn't quite work it's confusing well yeah i mean it's just it's all a mess and it's it's hard to break down because i have micro issues i have macro issues and um just my disappointment as a cloud over all of it but with the with the mr lord of it all um this bigger plot point it was very confusing because I mean, once he did that, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be like an Aladdin situation where when you wish to become the most powerful thing, like, oh, there's consequences. And the thing is, they don't really answer anything about this rock, including how Lord knew about its existence, because he seemed to seek it out. Like he went on a tour of the Smithsonian. knowing Yes. And it was also wrapped up in this entry scene like with the robbery at the mall and there was a secret underground um oh yeah i forgot about that that's where the Mm -hmm. rock came from and so somehow he knew about that and maybe it's implied he's the one who put the heist on but then how did he know about it and how did one and this is okay (laughs) this is just gonna be an hour of me asking questions because i really do wish i could trust that someone mapped this out well but i really don't think anyone did because the energy when when Wonder Woman and Kristen Wiig first meet is one of indifference. And she's like, whatever, like, have a nice day, lady. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to pass time and, like, stop small town mall heists from happening. That's what I'm doing with my superpowers, which is a whole thing. But suddenly she becomes very interested in this rock, which made me think Wonder Woman knew what it was. But then she never really did. And then... But then she still sought it out. And then she was also immediately suspicious of Mr. Lord. And there was just like, it seemed like people knew more than in the show ever justified them knowing or explained how they would know it. And that um, that was why I thought that it would turn out that The Rock was somehow like held the spirit of some vengeful god, like some god of mischief type thing, which Wonder Woman sort of talks about is like, oh, this was this is evil magic. I can't touch it type thing. But I thought it would turn out that Lord was like embodied by some dark spirit. And that's why he kept making terrible, 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 terrible choices and like failed to strategize in any logical way. But it just turned out that he, he was just dumb. Like it's like, 
Well, he wasted I'm, all of his wishes, like literally worldwide wishes in a single weekend. And I was just like, and all of this happening in a way that instigated basically the threat of nuclear holocaust across the globe. So I was like, like what was his motivation? It was just very short-sighted. Did he want chaos? Did yeah. he want to be rich? It was confusing because he gets the rock and you would have to think like my impulse if I ever found a wish-granting rock or a genie or whatever mm, would be like, mm-hmm. okay, I wish I had money. I wish, right. you know, like you wish for something. Never in a million <laughs> years would I be like, I would like the powers of the rock like transfer to me as a body so then i can wish for other it's it's just like wishes for unlimited wishes that's literally right in the writer's room and they're like oh let's do this let's play this out man okay well let's i would like to talk about this because this movie is significantly worse than the first one yes I have two theories on this. Okay. Theory number one is is the same issue that I think we've seen multiple times now with the DC universe in that they make a movie that is too long to be theatrically released. Mm. They then have to prune it a bunch in order to get it down to the size. And by doing that, they make it very confusing and a muddled (laughs) mush. And then later they release the longer version of it. And it sort of is a (laughs) slightly better movie. Yes. This has happened. This happened with both suicide squad and Batman versus Superman, Dawn of justice. And Mm. they are, currently working on a longer <laughs> version of the justice league so tbd if that one turns out well but None that's theory number turned one out well but continue well be- <laughs> slightly better in the second version but all of them had that issue i think in the right. shorter version where people were confused like there were lots of things that didn't really make sense yeah because they had shortened it and and a, like we've seen that dc will grant the request to have these long ass scripts yeah and then force people to cut it down so i feel like that could be part of the issue here that there was just things that were cut that maybe Mm. explained some of this better i don't know it thing uh idea number two is that they changed the writing staff on this one so the first one was written solely i believe by this guy named alan heinberg who doesn't really have very many other credits to his name but obviously wrote the first movie which works really well Mm -hmm. and is sort of an interesting you know idea of like it's set on this island and there's things with that there's some flashbacks there's this whole world war one plot line i don't know it feels very much like somebody smart came up with this idea maybe Mm. it's ripped straight from a comic book i don't know but it works right with the second one they he is nowhere to be found and instead patty jenkins who was the director of the first one co-wrote the script with jeff jones who is has been a producer on a bunch of the dc movies which have Mm. not done well and then david callahan was brought in and he was the person who wrote the expendables movies Mm. which i can say from seeing all three (laughs) not a lot of writing going on there so i'm really just confused as to why they put this team together. And I feel like in interviews like prior to this even being filmed, Patty Jenkins was like, we have great ideas. Like we're so excited. Like I definitely have a vision for this project. I don't know what that vision is because there's (laughs) nothing here that I feel like is that exciting or new or interesting. It's very bland and sort of paint (laughs) by numbers. So I I just wonder, Oh, let's take, let's have it take place in the eighties. And Chris Pine will come back because he was so fun. I think that was the sole idea that was planned out. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, it's like the, neither of the villains are that compelling of villains. Yeah. The plot isn't compelling. The mechanism with the stone doesn't work. The Chris Pine thing is also confusing. So, like, <laughs> Chris Pine obviously was in the first one, but there's this big time jump of, like, 80 years. So Chris Pine can't be in this one. Yeah. Um, he's dead. His character is no longer living. But obviously they want him in it because none of the rest of the cast overlaps. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. that, like assistant girl from the first one who was so funny i wish they could have brought her back but here is my quest or this is my thought in this i don't think did you watch what we do in the shadows no the tv show so that's like a vampire show and 
but there's this idea that I thought could be taken from that and put on this Wonder Woman movie. And that is that there that obviously vampires live forever and there's one of the vampires is a woman and she has this like eternal love with this man who keeps like being reincarnated in like different right. bodies through time and she like falls in love with him over and over and over again and that's like a a funny bit in the show. But I was like wouldn't it have been better if like okay, Chris Pine comes back. He's playing like a different character, but he's still sort of like her soulmate. And there's like Mm. some kind of weird reincarnation-y kind of thing. I feel like that works better than (laughs) this wish him back into a different body. I was like, I was fine with the idea of a wish bringing him back. Like I figured it would be something like mythological like that. Like either a villain would be like, I'll grant this for you or whatever. What was weird was how they did it in this movie. And it was a cause for concern among critics, too, which is that basically she's at a party and some rando comes up to her and is like, hey, I know all this stuff about you because I'm 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 Steve. And it was very weird because it's a different actor. It's a different face. But then in the midst of the conversation, she becomes so enamored by the fact that Chris has been reincarnated or re re reappeared that she now sees him as chris pine and so that's how they justify his physicality in the movie is that she's just so obsessed with him that she's allowed she's able to kind of picture him in this man's body but they make mention several times in the movie that oh yeah this is an actual human dude who has an apartment supposedly a life and and Chris Pine has just stepped into it, which is all very, 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 very morally gray, for to say the very least. And there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of criticism of this movie is wrapped up in this because there are like, I mean, consent issues with the idea of her enjoying the physical nature of their relationship, even though it's with the body of a dude who is not present currently because yeah. his mind has been taken over by chris pine in some way well, it's like chris pine inhabits this guy's body and then just <laughs> forces this body to like yeah. sleep with wonder woman to go through all of these dangerous like right. you know fight scenes or whatever and then presumably at the end he leaves the body and the body's like, <laughs> like oh uh yeah. like what have i been through which yes. yeah not a great very look yeah kind of creepy <laughs> yeah it's like it seemed like an unnecessary wrinkle because you already have introduced the idea of magic so it doesn't have to be logical it could just be chris pine appears you know it's like yes it's like there's a scene in the movie later this throwaway scene where a man's like ranting because his wish came true he wanted a farm but all it was is cows in the middle of the of the mall in dc and it's like So is this implying that these cows were taken from another farm? Like, it's just an in an unnecessary complication when it could have just been the magic, you know, brought Chris Pine literally back to life. And instead it was just like, oh, let's go rifling through this man's closet and like comment on his like music choices and like it's just weird because everything in this film is more complicated than it needs to be (laughs) the whole rock thing is weirdly complicated like if you want to do a wish granting thing you could have done it in an easier way there's just the the issue with the rock is that yeah so he wishes to have the powers but then he just like continually botches how he manages these wishes and it seemed like intentional how bad he was at at doing this because one of the first major missteps is that he wants to be an oil king. So he goes to the current oil king and is like, give me your oil. And the oil guy's like, oh, I already sold it. LOL jokes on you. And so in retaliation, he like, he like takes his, I don't know, manpower. And then the guy's wish was to (laughs) basically, I don't know, build a wall around his city and block acts. It was very weird, very, very uncomfortable, just like global politics there. And that launch is this like worldwide crisis that's about to start World War III and eventually ends in in both. (laughs) I mean, just there's a series of just crazy wishes that I think take place over a single day. Um, it goes it goes to nuclear war with the US and the Soviet Union. And it's just that's what boggled me. It's like, is this guy not slowing down enough to think, wow, 
I really mess this up, I'm not going to be able to enjoy my wealth, my oil, my oh. fame because I'm about to blow up the whole planet. <laughs> He seemed very sort of unhinged through the yeah. whole thing. So I wasn't sure if this was supposed to be like he is mentally unwell. Right. And so he's not really thinking about these choices. He's just like filleting. But Except he seems he's granted smart enough to cycle. get the stone in the beginning. Yes. So I don't. Yes. I don't know. It was confusing to me. Yeah. The whole the whole frigging thing. <laughs> um, well, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about the uh, the cheetah of it all. The 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 oh. girl power <laughs> angle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Kristen Wiig is in this movie. I like Kristen Wiig in things. There's only like a certain type of speed that she is capable of. I think, mm. but. I thought that they used her well in this, especially in the first half of the movie where she's supposed to kind of be this like awkward gemologist mm-hmm. at the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. I felt like she encapsulated that really well. And then when she has to make this switch to becoming this very chic, popular person, I thought she was also able to handle that well. The script, though, I think, again, is the issue where... She then makes the switch from like good gemologist to supervillain in the snap right. of a finger. And then we get this ridiculous like physical transformation using <laughs> CG that literally looks like one of the cats out of cat. And she's not scary. Wonder Woman in all of her costumes and all of her looks always looks like immaculate mm-hmm. and so regal but like a warrior at the same time and then we just get this weird like <laughs> creepy cat woman and she's only she's looks like a cat in one <laughs> episode or in one scene and it's like in it in the dark i don't yeah. it was just like what is this well she's like, from the comics either, so she existed before well i mean i'm sure obviously all of these people are from the <laughs> comics but like like if you're gonna like pick a villain and go with it right and then make the villain villainous don't give us like female rage several villains that like sort of don't really make sense <laughs> right i mean that's what's interesting is the idea i like the idea of it right is that there's a crossroads where every every person with superheroes can either become a villain or a hero uh, with superpowers and like that's something that a few movies have explored where it's like am i gonna be leaning to the good side the bad side and i think they wanted to do that in this movie with her character where she asks to be like Wonder Woman. And so she suddenly gets all these superpowers and this super strength and this super beauty and everyone loves her. And instead of being able to enjoy it, she becomes obsessed with like vengeance or justice or, or, or overpowering the people who have always stepped on her, which I think is on paper, an interesting idea, but it's just rushed through here with her taking on some guy who cat called and then tried to, assault her and so it was like it could have been interesting if they leaned into the dark side a lot harder well or or like made her less goofy in the beginning because yeah it just was a character change that didn't quite make sense in the two minutes isn't this basically the character arc i mean not quite but similar to the character arc of the bad guy in the incredibles where he's sort of like a dork <laughs> and one and Captain or whatever, Mr. Incredible's like, get away from me, loser. And he's like, I'm going to get revenge. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, in a very, 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 very general sense, I feel like we could find some better cops, comps, but sure. But the sort of like dork who's stepped on and then becomes a villain, that's that's yeah. like something that we've seen plenty of times before. Right, but this was an interesting angle with this like, the female rage of it all. She, yes. Because the whole movie is very hyper-focused on how attractive Diana is. And she's constantly having to push off suitors. Like she walks through a crowd and just like men come to her like flies. And it's just like a crazy amount of attention. And so then when Cheetah Girl <laughs> wishes to be like Diana, she suffers the same fate. And at first it's flattering, but then it's exhausting. And so she she loses her mind and decides but that's what's weird too is because at first her motivation for not helping wonder woman is wait i want to stay beautiful i want to stay powerful why would i recant my wish but then it is like she gets on the plane and she's like i want to be the alpha predator like i'm sick of being stepped on i want to take everyone on i don't want to be like anyone else and thus she becomes a cat and so yeah it's like totally hard to trace her origin story and it just feels like 
you look at superhero movies, there's often a case of over over villainizing. Like I think the Incredible Spider-Man does that with the last of, um, I mean, both of the trilogies, both of the Spider-Mans have had this issue. And then also in Dark Knight, which is one of the best <laughs> superhero movies, IMHO, you have an issue uh-huh. of having the Joker and Two-Face, but Two-Face has a character arc that Cheetah Girl is just not afforded here. And I think that that just speaks to like the frustration I had with the feminism in this movie because I loved the first Wonder Woman because of how it handled her character, how it handled the men around her embracing her strength and never sort of feeling emasculated or whining about it. Whereas here it's just like hashtag girl boss. Like, aren't we pretty and like killing it in these, like (laughs) in these fight scenes, like yes, queen, but there's no real meat to it. And it was very frustrating to watch. We've seen this time and time again, I think in movies that we've covered of if the movie does not have a very clean idea to begin with, then it gets very muddled, especially when it's one of these big Hollywood productions that has a lot of different uh, hands in the (laughs) pot or whatever the phrase is, uh, where you can see sort of like the seeds of a bunch of different interesting good ideas in this movie Mm -hmm. that were all sort of squashed together and then none of them were given enough room to breathe Mm -hmm. and so instead we have this muddled movie where there's a bunch of things that just sort of don't work out fully because there's just too many things in the mix um which brings me sort of to the question about the release of this movie Mm. because it was originally supposed to be released in Well, I mean, it was originally supposed to be released in December of 2019, which if they had hit that date, it would have gone in theaters, you know, without a hitch. But then they, yes, but then they moved it even earlier to November 1st, and then they bumped it to June 5th, which was the date that it was supposed to come out pre-COVID. And then obviously COVID happens, it gets bumped to August, and then October, and then eventually to Christmas. And then we find out that it's going to be released on HBO Max as well as in theaters. And this is a whole, that's a whole nother saga that I'd like to talk about in a second. But I wonder... We've seen with a number of these movies now that have gotten put out on streaming platforms instead of kept for theaters. And I feel like almost all of them have been slightly disappointing. (laughs) And it feels like studios... I don't know if the studios are aware of that fully or not, Mm. but it feels like that they are sort of dumping the things that are the big projects that aren't that they don't have as much confidence in. And then that there are certain projects that they keep saving instead. And I wonder if Warner brothers didn't look at this movie and think, you know, it's going to get a big draw. It's going to get a big audience and maybe it's better to put it out when it doesn't really have any competition and can sort of be on streaming than to wait until it comes out with the glut of movies post COVID where if it's bad, it's not going to make as much money. So let's dump it earlier. I'm just Mm. thinking of that, like especially as to relates to Mulan and to new mutants and to tenant, all of which were movies that came out and sort of had like, responses instead of like oh wow this was fantastic Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like it's uh it's tough to say because i'm sure like i don't know even the early reviews of this were like wow this is fun and there are people who still found this fun and like enjoyable so i don't think people thought it would be a total bust and i feel like in pre-covid like this movie was still would have been a huge financial success whether or not it was a critical success but I do, I mean, and that's also like Warner Brothers announced that they'd be sending all their movies to theatrical and HBO at once. So it seems less like a lack of faith in Wonder Woman in particular and more just a sign of the times type thing. But I do think it hurt Wonder Woman because there's something more fun about a theater that I think you'd be able to excuse some of the bad stuff in this. But when you're sitting with a group of friends, being able to talk over each other and point out issues as a movie's happening, I think it's easier to be critical of it. Right. I mean, I guess, but my question is just like, presumably all of these movies are done at this point. 
like that these studios have dozens of movies that are completely finished and they're not releasing most of them most of them they're keeping but they're releasing a choice few and it's like how did they decide that it was going to be wonder woman that they were going to release and not you know dune or something else that's coming down the lineup and i wonder if it's partly because they feel like well this is something that we can afford to lose where if there's a movie that they're like this is amazing they want to keep pushing it back like how is jungle cruise not come out yet you <laughs> well, know that's gonna be amazing i guess is what you're right arguing. so yeah but so another issue then which you sort of hinted at is that warner brothers announced that they were going to release their entire lineup of movies for 2021 all on HBO Max at the same time that they're in theater. And then they're doing this weird thing where it's only on HBO Max for a month and Mm -hmm. then they're pulling it off HBO Max and it's in the theaters for another two months and then it goes back on HBO Max, which I'm like, is there a lot of money to be had in theaters in the second month that a movie is out? I just, I'm (laughs) slightly baffled on that prospect. But the weird thing is, is that uh, Warner Brothers did the full-on negotiation with the Wonder Woman team where they paid Gal Gadot and they paid Batty Jenkins, like, huge sums of money. They negotiated with the distributors and all kinds of things before they could put it out on HBO Max. And then, like, two weeks later, they announce, yeah, we're just bumping everything else to HBO Max. Nobody knows. They don't talk to any of the filmmakers. All of the filmmakers are upset. Everyone's posting things about how Warner Brothers is the worst studio on Twitter. It's uh, it's just sort of a weird move. I mean, I don't know if there's really anything to say about it other than it's just like COVID, strange. Yeah, like who is doing business at Warner Brothers? Like who is in charge? I know, but I think I mean ultimately it I think it'll work out for them, okay? I mean, it's just so hard. 2020 was such a weird year. COVID did such a weird number on Hollywood and all these movies. So who knows what will end up being the smarter long game? But I feel like people watched it. And like you said, you bought HBO Max to watch it. And so, you know, every month you'll have to decide if you're going to keep it open for the next movie that's going to be released by Warner Brothers or not. And so, I don't know. I feel like I can see the strategy behind it that's less, oh, let's get rid of these these like dumbuary type things and really try and strategize in these weird, weird times. But I really do feel like we have to talk about the Gal Gadot of it all because I'm curious. Like I... I loved Wonder Woman. I think she is very well cast as Wonder Woman. But I will say she was asked to do more in this movie than I think (laughs) she as an actress is capable of. And I don't know if that was just my disappointment or do you agree? Like, I just I don't think she is the strongest actress in the movie. (laughs) See, I didn't really have any issues with her in this. I thought she was... Completely fine. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't register anything where I was like, oh, wow, like (laughs) give her an award. But I also did not feel like like, she was cringy at all in which, you know, lots of these movies, I think there are (laughs) cringy scenes, especially when you're having to to survive such terrible dialogue, which a lot of superhero movies have. So I I didn't have any complaints on that front. Yeah, no, I think it's more in comparison. Like I think in the first one, she's allowed to be this very starry eyed sort of taking in the world and her, her naivety is her strength. And she's, she's just glowing with the, with the possibilities of it all. Whereas this one, she has to monologue quite a bit. And I think that's where I was like, losing it because Chris Pine is the emotional crux of this film yet again. And I think that was frustrating for me when, when in the first one, it's very much, it's very much Wonder Woman and Steve is a partner in that, but Wonder Woman is allowed to carry a lot of that emotion and kind of the disappointment with humanity and and working through those complex feelings of like wondering what it's all worth and what it's all for. Whereas here, it really has to lean on Steve as a character with Chris Pine and his beautiful blue eyes to give us those emotional moments. One, just him returning and kind of his starry eyed moment of seeing the world with her now and that role reversal there. But then of course in the, in the emotional crux of the film when he has to say goodbye yet again, which is a direct repeat of what we got in the first movie, which is just poor writing. But I will say it was the only part of the movie that like really worked for me. And I know I have, I have Chris, you know, bias and blindness there, but I rewatched that scene like a few times and I really do. I love watching it because I think 
he as an actor is able to emote in such an interesting and, and vibrant way in those sort of goodbyes and he's very like there's a physicality to him that's interesting to watch and I know I just sound like a fangirl but like honestly like it's a real thing okay. and I feel like that was the emotional moment of the film was him telling Wonder Woman what she needs to do which goes against like every part of Wonder Woman the first movie that I loved which is that she always knew what to do she always stood by stood on her ground and like and like she was driven solely by this motivation to like save the world whereas here she has to like have this (sighs) have this guy come in and like tell her like okay you have to let it go like you have to let me go I'm going like please let me go I'm gonna leave now because you have to do this well it was the other guy's body he was like (laughs) please let me go I need to get back to my house (laughs) yes this is terrible um honestly I will say this This movie was so long (laughs) that by the time I got to the last hour, I was just so... I think everybody who I I was watching it with was so sort of tired (laughs) of it and annoyed that I don't think any... Uh, like nobody was registering any emotion maybe if i just watched like the last 20 minutes of it again i would feel something it's not even that i hated the ending of this movie i thought it was so dumb well or whenever this scene is (laughs) i I would maybe feel something yeah (laughs) but i didn't it's when she finally finds figures out how to fly which i thought was right yes Mm -hmm. and i thought that touched on the only thing that worked in this movie which is when the Wonder invisible jet to, yeah <laughs> she's allowed to like learn and grow and be more and it's like honey what have you been doing with your life for 80 years that was a huge frustration for me is is trying to make sense of this character whose sole motivation in the she's first been doing museum <laughs> work is to stop world war one and now she's like what stopping mall crooks like it's like that's how big your world has gotten wonder woman it's like you're oh just my. gonna stay in dc and solve these little small town crimes like it just that didn't make sense, and it was. It should have been more like, um, oh shoot, what was that movie this that we watched this summer with the people who couldn't die and Charlize Theron yes, that the I old hated. Guard. Yes, we, it should have been more where we, we yes. got like some kind of musical montage where it's like, here's Wonder <laughs> Woman at the Vietnam War, here's I Wonder Woman like, <laughs> you know, marching with Dr. Luther King right. or whatever. But um, instead, she feasibly went to school and like got some degrees and now works at the Smithsonian full time and part time stops DC criminals. Like that's as big okay. as the world is. Here's the question I have for you to okay. change topics slightly. <laughs> This was this was a big talking point in my family while we were watching this oh, film was that everybody felt like Chris Pine looked significantly older in this movie mm. than he has previous like he is definitely aged like and way. I was sort of like pro that because I think Chris Pine must be, you know, not doing a lot of like, he's not getting his filler. Mm -hmm. He's not dyeing his hair. Like he's He's very natural natural looking. Yes. Which I like, but everyone who I was watching it with was sort of like, wow, does he look old? And (laughs) did you, was this something that you were into? But here's the other thing. You probably are like looking at pictures of Chris Pine more regularly than my family is. So maybe you didn't notice the aging as much. No, I definitely did. I was like, oh, there's some salt and pepper going on. Like we had recently, we obviously rewatched the first one in preparation for this one. So there is like a definite difference that you notice. I am all for it though. I think, um, I think, yeah, like you said, there's something really um, admirable, I guess. I don't know. That makes it sound like a bigger deal than it is, but he's, he seems very sure of himself and, and, and doesn't need to rely on <laughs> anything else, you know, but his good, his, those blue eyes and that, and that smile. So, you know, I think he proved to be uh, the best Chris still to this yeah, day. Nah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. Chris Pine can never hope to be Chris Hemsworth. The, okay, that's well, just... we can, I mean, he, you would say he's, he's top two though. You think he comes in second? Ah. Uh... I don't know. I, it's tight between Chris oh, Pine right. and Chris Evans like for me. Chris Pratt right. is definitely last. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Chris Hemsworth is definitely first. <laughs> I would have to really sit here and think through <laughs> Chris Evans. Because here's the thing. Chris Evans, I think, like Captain America is not really doing that much for me. But I feel like he, Chris Evans, plays sort of like a real douchebag really well. Yeah. And I'm not sure, like, what is Chris Pine's best performances i guess knives out or chris pines oh Wonder yeah Woman, obviously um 
Princess Diaries 2 is a definite Well, yes. Yes. Star I Trek, do love I that. I think he really I hate the Star Trek movies. But he's really good in it. Like, I think I can't remember them. I saw them like once a, and was like, delete from brain. Well. <laughs> okay. But anyways, I think he had the most fun in this movie. He was allowed to have the most fun in this movie. He had the best line in this movie during the, when he says, well, shit, Diana. I think that delivery alone is like an Oscar. You don't think that Pedro Pascal is having the most fun in this movie because he oh is working gosh. hard. Yeah, I don't know. I think that. Yeah, I agree with you. It was just a long... There was something that felt like a slog about it. And that's the furthest thing I ever felt watching the first one. And I think that's frustrating to feel like someone, you know, who was kind of thrown a bone with Wonder Woman. No one thought Patty Jenkins would be able to pull it off. They didn't think it'd be like a big hit. There wasn't a lot of confidence in that movie. And so it was sort of this underdog moment where she proved like, yes, women can tell women's stories better. And I can tell a huge blockbuster like you know, superhero flick, which I think she was one of the first women directors. I I don't know if there has been another woman director for any of the superhero movies, but it's like, and to take all that success and come out the gate swinging with this is just like, so disappointing. Bring back the men. Gotta get the men back involved. <laughs> no, That's my takeaway. women are allowed to have bad movies too, but women can't I'm saying, make movies. Get I'm them out of there. that she let go of what really worked in the first one to make for shinier and bigger and louder set pieces in this one, which sometimes paid off with the invisible jet moment. And the, you know, that was a big moment. Very cool. And then other times very much did not pay off with the confusion around this wall appearing and then, and then nuclear war almost happening. And it was just like, and also this idea of this broadcasting station, Reaching the whole world. Oh I, yeah, let's not even get into that. That's just. I mean, not uh, even the technicals of it, but just the emotional speech we're supposed to feel when Wonder Woman's like lying on the ground. She's like, "We're cut your and wishes." And everybody recuses yeah. themselves of their wishes. Is like, as if people, this <laughs> isn't know, happening. Like, we just live twenty twenty. Like, I guess we're jaded now more than they thought we would be when this film was originally made. Because if you can't get people to wear a mask, yeah. there's not a chance in how you're going to get them to give up <laughs> a million and unending or, wealth. Yeah, yeah like, please. Yeah, that was the most frustrating. Is just it was so twee in the end, and it's like this isn't. I think there's beauty and like optimistic optimism in films and they could have done something really interesting in this but the montage of like people worldwide like oh i recant my wish i recuse my wish like blah, blah. it's like blah, no you know what they should have done with this you know what they should have done they should have just done world war ii you could have had chris pineback <laughs> he looks older anyways and you could have just done another war movie the honestly wonder woman for v hitler that's yeah. that would have been better so much yes, easier i know anything um, anything really but I know. I okay, so we got to talk about the ending of this, the mm-hmm. last scene mm-hmm. of the movie where there's another some some woman. Okay, I'm trying to remember all this lore. There's like a there's another person from Wonder Woman's island who has been loose in the world. They thought that she was dead, but then surprise at the end, we learn she's not actually dead and she's <laughs> being played by Linda Carter, who played Wonder Woman what? originally in the Wait, TV series. What? Wait, what are you talking about? The like mid credit scene with Linda Carter? Yes. That was that's all wrapped up in that. I literally just thought that was a cute nod to Linda Carter, but you're saying there's all this lore about it where she escaped she disappeared from the island and now Did you not watch this movie, Shelby? I did. The person whose armor she takes. Remember yeah. there's that plot line of like whatever and then she gets right. that special armor. Oh, so that's the special her. That's armor be belongs to yeah, to Linda oh, okay. Carter. Okay, okay. okay Cuz okay, she okay, like okay, okay, okay. they somebody asks her in that post credit scene what her name is and she turns around and she's like I'm the Storia or whatever her name is. Um oh. Yes. So I guess Linda Carter is <laughs> a good guy, a bad guy, a mentor, or something in the third one. Okay. I really just thought it was some dumb throwaway. Like, okay, cute. <laughs> Shelby, my gosh. You're so supposedly the Wonder playing... Woman. You okay. were too busy Googling pictures of Chris Pine shirtless on your phone yeah. during the credits, <laughs> and you missed no, the Linda Carter. That. I wish the credits could have redeemed the movie, but it was just like, what well, is this? N- there was no way to redeem that yeah. movie. It was so long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you excited? So, are do you have hope in the third one? Are you excited for the third one? We yeah, have to wait I mean, for I'll a new say... Suicide Squad, a movie on the Flash, <laughs> Aquaman 
it's I'm gonna will, it's a long I'm time coming. I'm gonna say that this bad Wonder Woman is still better than any of the DC movies. Like honestly, except maybe except Birds of Prey. Uh, Birds of Prey was better, and um, I think Shazam was better than this. Shazam, interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. I and I on yeah. the revamped Suicide Squad, no, no. I think it's is my favorite. Than so. all of those ones. so those were it's definitely better than any of the Donna Justice. Margot like, Robbie stuff. by herself <laughs> in the Suicide Squad was better than this movie. No, 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 no. And I will stand by no, that. But I do think Patty Jenkins has set herself up for success by distancing herself from from basically Justice League because the Wonder Woman in Justice League is a Wonder Woman that I could write a treaty about, treatise about, which is just such a disappointing turn for her. And so hopefully there is a redemption in the in the third one where I don't know, I guess in the nineties. Do you think or Chris something. Pine will, But like is Chris Pine coming back or no, is it just I think Chris Pine has paid his adieu. You know, he's had his final swan song. They let I him think have the his third one and now he's gone. I think the third one will have to be like within the time, like in present day. Ugh, I hope not. I feel like they'll want to do something where it, where it's connecting to something or another. You're probably there's right, enough but of I these. Wish they wouldn't. Well, yeah. Honestly, go but back. Like, do show I have, us what she was doing in the fifties? I don't care. <laughs> give us another obstacle course. Yeah. Figure how she was riding that horse. Any of it. Also. Can we just, I just want to talk about the obstacle course for a second. <laughs> that like she runs this whole obstacle course, it's like a 20 minute long set piece. And it's like she falls off her horse. Mm-hmm. She takes a slide down mm-hmm. to the end instead of riding her horse. She still finishes first, I think. Yeah. And they're like, actually, you don't win because you cheated. And I was like, but did she cheat? Like it wasn't. Yes, yeah, she cheated. If you were she going. She didn't hit the points. She didn't hit the necessary targets. But like. If you were, this if the whole point of that, race, okay? if that whole point of that scene was like, don't cheat, yeah. I could have used a more explicit cheating <laughs> and not like, oh, she got, she fell off her horse and she's just she like trying to solved. scramble to figure yeah. out a way to win. Yeah. Cause that's what it felt like to me is problem solving. Not like route A is the easy way, but it's cheating and route B is the hard way. Well, I see your point. Yeah. That I love, I love those flashbacks. The whole movie the was bad. I'd take a whole movie that just takes place on that island with young Diana, who's just a delight always. But it was a stretch to make that the theme of the movie because it's never really revisited in a logical way. So yeah, cheating is not really a theme in the movie. (laughs) I was also disappointed because every time I saw the young Diana, I thought it was the girl from the Florida project and it reminded (laughs) me of how good the Florida project was and then how bad this movie was. Okay, uh, now, later, never. I think this is a full on never. I this mean, one's worse. St- it's so long. There's it's a lot so- worse. Uh, I mean, there are technically, but this movie is just so long. Yeah. It's so long. It's two and a half hours long. <laughs> but you have some fun moments where there's a Chris Pine Do try you? on outfits montage. There's a there's a Chris Pine. Um, in an invisible okay. jet montage. There's a She'll be, I'm going to have to cut this. You're I'm too thirsty. Poor, poor Rob is hanging moments. out with your baby in the other room and all you're doing is salivating. You're talking about Chris Pine? Get it together. No, there's some good moments in this. And like Kristen Wiig's having fun. Like there's some fun costumes. There's a great score. Like I think everybody's good- having fun. No one realized this was a bad movie until it came out. All yeah. of the actors were like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. But let's get into this uh, rapid fire questions. Um, oh, I didn't even come up with any of these. Oh, I forgot that okay. this happened. That's okay. So then. just ask me questions. Okay. okay. Um, I only came up with a couple, but um, oh, okay. this is one that's on theme with what we were just talking about. If you could change someone you know, not like someone close, just like, you know, someone, a grocer or someone you, your mailman into chris pine who's devoted to you would you do it no because i don't like chris pine that much chris and also it's creepy i mean maybe maybe but like do i is it still their body like i have questions so i know i don't want but you're able to see them as chris hemsworth so so it's like i am now in love with (laughs) Everyone else thinks I'm in love with with my mailman. Exactly. But I'm like, no, it's Chris Hemsworth. And (laughs) they're all like, you're crazy. No, that would be a good idea for the third movie is just everyone watching Wonder Woman date this guy and pretending it's 
the pilot. She, it, I guess it's like a shallow That hell, is a movie, of. yes, yeah. but it's not a good one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's another one. Um, which 80s reference do you wish they had managed to squeeze into this movie? Oh, which 80s reference? Or like an 80s know? thing. Something 80s adjacent. Um, something 80s adjacent. You know, I love... I loved the shopping mall and mm. the Walden books reference mm-hmm. really did it for mm-hmm. me. Um, I'm trying to think of other like eighties things that I am. I'm really just racking my brain through um, stranger <laughs> things stuff and trying to figure out what they like, could have uh, brought over. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything solid. What do you have something? I feel like they could have given Gal Gadot like more of an eighties vibe like she was very like yes like some farrah fawcett hair i would have been into that yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. like Like a feathered hair i would yes era and it's and it's like okay like or a perm i would have loved her in a perm exactly it's like yes she's a god but she's also very new to this world and would have been very into everything they do she has no way of knowing that what the 80s you know trends aren't gonna last so i think she should have gone harder into the 80s honestly yes Mm -hmm. yeah um And then, uh, okay, right this second, you are granted one wish. What would you ask for? Right this second. You have to say it right now. Right now. Money. Money. (laughs) So uncreative. I feel like, yeah, yeah, that's the easiest, though. I mean, here's the thing that I feel like if if I asked for money... I am not the type of person who would get carried away with that. (laughs) Like, I'm a very sort of, like, frugal person. My interests are not that expensive. Like, I don't really want that much expensive stuff. I feel like if I asked for a big chunk of money, I would put it in the bank. I would make investments. I would not spend it on crazy things. And I could live the rest of my life getting guacamole on my Chipotle burrito and not having to think about it. the wish takes what's most important to you or whatever. So, arguably you wishing for money would take away your frugality, I think. And then you'd turn into a monster who just wants to spend all its money in one place. Is that how that works? It changes your personality? I, I thought it took it away like a thing. Well, it, it changed the argument for What's Cheetah most was important that to me? Her, that's the real her question. kindness was most important to her and she lost it in power. Oh, that's true. Hour. So I feel like I feel like the so I just become yeah. a crazy rich person and then <laughs> yeah. I spend all my money and be miserable exactly. and have no money and no friends. Okay, okay. Yeah. So the the moral of the story is don't don't take the easy way out and wish. Well, that's for only if your rock is it. cursed. <laughs> that's only if your rock is cursed, Shelby. We if it's a non cursed rock, right. it works. Yeah. What are you wishing for, Chris I mean, Pine? Right in this moment, I'd probably wish for something <laughs> boring like, oh, please let my baby sleep through the night, and then it would turn out that like the baby never woke up or something dark and the baby had like, like oh, sleeping no. beauty thing yeah. or whatever yeah it's like it's alive but it never yeah, wakes so up just sleeps for 100 it. years yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, interesting yeah that's the moral of the story and that's what young diana learned too is you can't cut corners okay nothing comes easy you gotta you gotta you gotta i don't know okay I have, a, I have a question i have a question <laughs> yeah. in in honor of pitting women against women, oh, which is, you know, what we always have to do. Mm-hmm. Do you think this movie was better or worse than Captain Marvel? Oh, that's an interesting question. I do think there was a bigger emotional payoff in this movie for whatever reason. It worked better for me than there is in Marvel, in Captain Marvel. I I struggled with the tone of Captain Marvel and I did struggle here, but it had the added benefit of me already being invested in Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? So... I would choose Wonder Woman still. I liked Captain Marvel a lot better than I like yeah. this movie. Yeah. Well, and honestly, I liked Captain Marvel probably on par with the first Wonder Woman. Oh, nah, wow. maybe that's not true. Yeah. But I <laughs> so did like possible. Captain Marvel. I did not think that it was a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, But, sure. you know, <laughs> there you go. Okay, well, yeah, Wonder Woman. that's it for this week's episode uh we'll be back in some kind of more normal permanent capacity possibly yeah, next we'll week see. we'll see how i mean my yeah my baby's having a meltdown right now so maybe <laughs> she's anti-podcast but <laughs> but well, we'll just wish out. the baby falls asleep <laughs> and maybe it'll happen yeah. you got to get the rock <laughs> rub the rock um 
Well, thanks for coming back, Shelby, even if it was for such a horrific film. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Follow us on social media at PSURong. Uh, email us at PSURong at gmail.com. Leave us a review. We, we do have reviews, Shelby, and oh I've been gosh. saving them to read with you, but then I forgot to so read them. Okay, so we'll, we'll save those for another time. But anyways, <laughs> see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>